America. We are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Star Wars 7x7, episode 926. Today we're flashing back with a Clone Wars briefing. It is about the episode Night Sisters. This is episode 12 from season 3 of the Clone Wars TV series. One of the most fascinating episodes I've watched in a while. Punch it, Chewie. Hey there, this is Tim McMahon, Helen's co-host from the Expanded Comicverse podcast. But hey, you're listening to Star Wars 7x7 daily star wars podcast seven minutes a day seven days a week how awesome is that hey rebel rouser welcome to star wars 7x7 i'm your host alan voivod and i took a bit of a hiatus on clone wars briefings during the same time that rebels took a hiatus now that we are back on with the rebels we are back on with clone wars briefings too Now, the couple of episodes of Clone Wars previous to this, including Pursuit of Peace and Heroes on Both Sides and Hunt for Zero, were much more about political and crime intrigue and not so much action-oriented. I mean, there was a little bit of action here and there. You can't have a Clone Wars episode without some bit of action to it. But comparatively speaking, it was quite the refreshing change of pace to have Night Sisters be a very action-oriented episode. In fact, I'd go so far as to say that it was a good thing that they got back to lightsaber battles and space battles and so on and so forth because you spend a little too much time in all of these palace intrigue things and political intrigue and so on and so forth. And yeah, it kind of slows down a bit. It's a nice change of pace, but, you know, we need to get back to that classic Star Wars stuff, the wars part of Star Wars. And they do it in epic style in this episode. Here is the deal in brief, or at least here is the inciting incident as related by Darth Sidious talking to Count Dooku. Your assassin. She has become very powerful. Yes, my lord. She is quite important to me. Too important. Master. Silence. I can sense her powers growing stronger. I would hate to think you are training your own Sith apprentice to destroy me. Never. My allegiance is to you and you alone. Then you must prove it. Eliminate her. She's my most trusted... I said, eliminate her! As you wish, my lord. All right, so that's how things start off. And we talked to our fact checkers, and they, of course, said that Dooku earns a pants-on-fire rating on that one because, of course, he wanted to knock off Sidious and take over the galaxy with Ventress by his side. So, yeah, of course, Sidious saw right through that naturally and said, nope, get rid of Ventress. While this exchange is happening, Ventress is in the middle of leading a Separatist fleet in a pitched battle against the Republic, and Obi-Wan and Anakin are, of course, flying around in their Jedi Starfighters as part of this. Long story shorter, Obi-Wan's ship is damaged, Ventress's ship is damaged, they fly into a landing bay of a Separatist control ship, Anakin flies in following them, Ventress calls for help, and Dooku says, Sayonara, Ventress, I'm done with you. 
That, of course, doesn't sit well with Ventress, and it probably fuels her fire as she gets into a wicked lightsaber battle with Obi-Wan and Anakin, one of the best lightsaber battles in the Clone Wars so far, I'd venture to say, at least until later in the episode. But the battle is cut short when Dooku has one of his tactical droids use one of the big capital ships to fire upon this droid command ship and utterly destroy it. The tactical droid reports back that all aboard were killed with no survivors. We see everybody flying out of the landing bay, but we don't necessarily know whether they survived or not. Now, of course, we know Obi-Wan and Anakin survive because Revenge of the Sith. However, we don't know that Ventress survives until we see a scavenger ship picking through the ruins of the battle and finding the command module of Ventress's ship without its solar sails and all that other foo And Ventress ends up killing them all, all the scavengers on this ship, and flying the ship to Dathomir, where she is welcomed home. It turns out that she is a night sister. Now, if you're not familiar with the Night Sisters, that's okay. This is their first appearance in canon, and here is what Wikipedia has to say about them in brief. The Night Sisters were a clan and an order of magic-wielding females who lived on Dathomir, a planet bathed in dark energies. And magic, for what it's worth, is spelled in that special way, M-A-G-I-C-K, which is described again by Wikipedia as a supernatural technique that allowed a practitioner to wield great powers connected to the dark side of the Force. Now, in the present day, and by the present day, I mean here we are in 2017, so in actual time, not in Star Wars time, there's been a lot of talk from the Star Wars Brain Trust about exploring the nature of the Force and going beyond the Jedi and the Sith as the only Force users in the Star Wars galaxy. That's manifesting itself in Star Wars Rebels with the appearance of the Bendu, who is neither light or dark, who describes himself as being a middle way of the Force. And we've also seen it in Rogue One in a fashion through the characters of Chirrut Imwe and Baze Malbus, who are not Jedi, who are not traditional Force users, but are guardians of the wills and protectors of a temple of kyber crystals. But in reality, it looks like we were getting our first look at a non-Jedi, non-Sith group of Force users via the Night Sisters here in The Clone Wars. Back to the story, though, Ventress turns out to have been a Night Sister, as I said, and as they work to heal her, the Night Sisters that she goes back to on Dathomir, we get Asajj Ventress's backstory via some hallucinations, visions, dreams that she has while she's being healed by the Night Sisters. And this is very cool stuff, very well done, very effectively sketched. She's a baby and she's given away to a crime lord in exchange for protection for her clan her clan of Night Sisters, I should be more specific. She's taken away to another planet by this crime lord, and of course there are a bunch of weak way pirates kicking around on this planet who ultimately one day shoot said crime lord, orphaning Asajj Ventress. And Ventress is actually rescued by a Jedi who happens to have been stranded on that planet, left behind by his fellow Jedi. So this Jedi takes Ventress in and makes her his Padawan, which I had no idea Ventress was a Jedi Padawan at some point, so that was fascinating. And they work together to fight crime and so on and so forth, but ultimately, very tragically, Ventress is orphaned again when a weak way pirate shoots her Jedi mentor in the back. That happens many years after she had been taken in by the Jedi. And, of course, she responds with rage and hate and kills the weak way pirate that killed her Jedi Master. And, according to Wikipedia, she then goes on a spree and kills all the weak way pirates and ends up taking over the planet. 
which, of course, with her power in the dark side swelling, she catches the attention of Count Dooku, who brings her on and says, hey, we can defeat the Jedi, and Ventress actually has a beef against the Jedi because they abandoned her old master on this planet. And so she's like, yeah, I want to take on the Jedi because I'm mad and I don't have anybody else to kill, and my Jedi master was really good to me and the Jedi left him there. So yeah, let's go kill some Jedi. And that basically is Ventress's backstory in a nutshell. But she's kind of done with the Jedi now because now she's ticked off about Count Dooku. And so she is going to go after him with some help from Mother Talzin, who is the leader of the Night Sisters. Talzin has Ventress and a couple of other warriors walk through this mist, this magical ichor, as it's described. And they become basically invisible for all intents and purposes. Also, Talzin provides them with a powerful narcotic sedative that will mess up Dooku's senses and make it even more difficult for him to fight when they go after him. And that, I think, was the one thing that sat wrong with me in this episode. I mean, if you're going to give a you know tranquilizer dart to Ventress and her team to try and take out Count Dooku, why wouldn't you just give her a poison dart so that you just kill him outright and not have to create the lightsaber battle that would have to result because he's only been tranquilized and had his senses messed with you know why not just kill him outright but no unfortunately no so they sneak into his palace on serrano and this is what was funny to me about the episode probably more than anything else the fact that count dooku wears very nice pajamas and sleeps on the top of his covers he was not (laughs) under his blanket not under his sheets he's just laying very still almost like he was in a coffin with his hands folded over his chest lying on top of his covers in some very natty pajamas Also about these pajamas, good for lightsaber battles too. Certainly didn't hamper him while he's drugged and fighting off three shadow-like night sisters who he thinks are Jedi based on the color of their lightsabers. Where they got Jedi lightsabers? Mm, Don't really know. But that's okay. That's not a big deal. You know, they are dark side users, so chances are they ran into a couple of Jedi at some point and it didn't go well for the Jedi. So there you got lightsabers. Anyway, another epic lightsaber battle ensues. Very well done, and I gotta say, it's really awesome, and they think that they have Dooku at their mercy, but Dooku zaps him with lightning and throws him out a window, and yeah, they barely survive that. So they have to slink back to Mother Talzin saying, ah, we blew it, and Talzin says, where some people see failure, other people see opportunity, and so she reaches out to Count Dooku, and oh, I love this conversation. She basically tells Dooku, yeah, I've heard you've lost your sass and I've got my sources. And, oh, by the way, I can help. Perhaps something different this time. Perhaps a male from our planet will be more to your liking, since you could not tame the female. I shall take you up on your offer. Right there. That is awesome for a couple of reasons. First of all, Mother Talzin delivering the sick burn on Count Dooku. Aw, you couldn't tame the female Count Dooku. Aw. And it works on multiple levels. If you were to assume that Count Dooku was the patriarchal type, which he probably is, right? That men definitely are dominant over women. Then you're already insulting a guy by saying, oh yeah, you're a guy and you couldn't control a woman. Ha ha. But Mother Talzin also has the Night Sister point of view where it's a matriarchal society and the Night Brothers that exist are basically only there to be servants and breeders for the Night Sisters. 
So in other words, this insult gets Dooku coming and going. No matter how he looks at it, he's just been insulted. And and he just takes it. He just goes, I'll take you up on your offer, right? No resistance, no getting his dander up about that insult, nothing. He just says, okay, I guess so. And there's not even one of those sly sort of, I'll pretend like I'm saying, okay, I'll take you up on this, but really I'm plotting your ultimate doom and destruction. Nope, he's just going to accept what she offers him, and that's that. So in this episode, Dooku gets put in his place not just by Darth Sidious, but by Mother Talzin as well, which is pretty fun. And that's going to do it for the Clone Wars briefing for Night Sisters, Season 3, Episode 12 of the Clone Wars TV series. I do have a trivia question for you and yesterday's answer after the break, so stay tuned. Hey Rebel Rouser, you're listening to this podcast, maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story too. Luckily we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you gotta do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles, anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com SW7X7. Welcome back. All right, yesterday I asked you who it was that turned off the shield at Starkiller Base, thereby enabling the X-Wing attack, and that was Captain Phasma. Today's question, what two things does Han Solo mention when trying to figure out what to do with Phasma after they get her to turn off the shields? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you get scammed by Obi-Wan's wordplay, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you like what you've been hearing, support the podcast at Patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a certain point of view, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2017, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.